So happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. My dad's back there, right there he is, same spot as always. So glad to, so glad to see that. All right. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about me and my house. Joshua 24, 15. Me and my house. This is probably one of the most classic scriptures that you will see. Uh, And this is normally what you see, me and my house. Some of the newer translations, probably even the one we'll look at this morning, says me and my family. And the reason, very simply the reason is, you know, in uh, in the Jewish culture, when you have children and they grew up and they had children, they didn't move off. They just built onto the house that you already had. And then when they had children, they just built onto the house you already had. So you could tell by how old and established a family was by, dri- by going by and driving at. And it's still true in Israel yet today. Uh, of course, not in all the cultures, but in, in a lot of it. But this morning, we're going to talk about me and my house or me and my family. And I want to read Joshua 24, 15 to you. And this is in the New Living Translation. And as I do, before I do, let me tell you, Joshua was a great warrior for God. He was a a man of faith. He was one of two of the 12 that had the faith in God, for God to lead them into the promised land. So that's just a little bit of history about Joshua. Here we go in 24, 15, it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So that's what I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you today to the fathers primarily. But you know, some households does not have a father figure. And if you happen to be in one of those father, one of those uh, households that does not have a father, I want to talk to the head of the household. Because God has set this whole thing up where somebody has to be the head of the household. Someone has to be the leader. Now think just for a moment, the responsibility that falls upon the father or the head of the household of every family. Think of that. That all of your siblings and, and, and your, child, your wife and all of every person that comes after you, God has set it up where they're supposed to follow you. That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? Now let me tell you in case you don't know, this is the most important responsibility you will ever have. You will make more of an influence on those around you than anyone else. So God has set it up to where our siblings, whether it's our children or our grandchildren, they follow us. That means they look up to us. Now here's here's kind of the scary part. They follow us whether we lead them in the right way or the wrong way. They follow us whether we lead them toward God or away from God. 
the number five of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verse 12, it tells us, it says, Honor your father and your mother, then you will live a long and full life. And that is a truth that's established in the Word of God. God tells our children and our siblings if they will follow us and if we'll be godly parents that our children will live a long and a full life. God tells us that our children will be following us whether we lead them in the ways of the world, whether we lead them away from God, to God, however the case may be, they're going to follow us. Now, years ago, when I first realized this truth, I said, no, 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 no. I don't want my kids following me. (laughs) Can anybody relate to that? I don't want my kids talking like me. I don't want my kids acting like me. I I don't want my kids being like me. Can anybody relate to that? I didn't want that. Well, you know what the problem is? It's not my choice. They are going to follow us whether we want them to or not. We can tell them, oh, don't, you know, don't smoke. Don't ever smoke. It's hard to quit. I, I can relate to that. Don't ever drink. It's not good for you. But they're going to follow us whether we want them to or not, and that is the father or the, or the authority figure in the house, that is our greatest responsibility. It's for our children to follow us. Now, whether we lead them in the right way or the wrong way, that's up to us. That's a decision that we have to make. That's a decision that we don't make once a lifetime. That's a decision we make every day. Every day when we get up, we have to decide, are we going to follow the world or are we going to follow God? You know, uh, this week, George told me a story about his family, and, and he, knew, he knows he shouldn't do that, those things. But he was telling me and Mark about how filthy his car was. He says, you know, he's got wrappers and cans and bottles everywhere in his van. Of course, it's his work van, of course. But there's just trash everywhere. And then he says that he got in Miles' car the other day, his son. And he said he couldn't even get in because of all the trash. (laughs) Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? But our children are going to follow us. (laughs) And they will follow us in the right ways or they'll follow us in the wrong ways. Joshua 24, 15, I want to read that one more time. It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. And I really think what Joshua is telling us there is that Everybody, not just the children of Israel, but us Americans, everybody is going to serve somebody or something. Everybody has something that they put their time, money, and energy in. 
Now, if it's not serving the Lord, it, it could be you could be obsessed with motorcycles or hot rods or, or off-road stuff. You could be obsessed with that. In fact, the scripture says that we can't serve, and this is kind of different. A lot of people don't quite understand this, but the scripture says that we cannot serve God and money. It says we can't serve both. Because we'll either love the one and despise the other or the other way around. And I think that's what Joshua is saying here. He's saying, you're going to serve somebody, so you choose who it would be. And he goes on to say, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the god of the Amorites in whose land you live now? So, so let me just give you a little bit of background of Joshua here. This is coming toward the end of his life. He is no longer a young, mighty warrior, conquering and battle and, and things like that. He is coming to the end of his life. And prior to this scripture that we read here, what Joshua does, he tells the children of Israel that are following him, he reminds them of so many things that God has done for them. He reminds them of all the battles they caught, that they won. He reminds them of, of how they defeated Jericho and how the Red Sea was parted. And not those specifically, but he reminds them about all the things that God had done for them. And then he says... As for me and my family, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, and I really think that that is an attitude. If you're going to live for the Lord today, you've got to have that attitude. And let me tell you, this is the attitude that I'm talking about. You've got to have the attitude that I don't care what so-and-so, I don't care what the neighbor's doing. I don't care what's going on in Wayne City, Mount Vernon, Central, wherever it is. I don't care what they're doing. Me and my house are going to serve the Lord. I don't care what so-and-so's doing on the weekend. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what so-and-so's doing or where they're at or, what, or what's going on with them. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think that is, an, that is a mindset that we have to get every single day. Here's what happens. If we don't get that mindset every single day, we take a step backwards. And then all of a sudden we have an option. Prior to that, we was all sold out. We're going to serve the Lord. We got saved. We've been going to church. My life is finally better. God has blessed me so much in the last six months. And then it's not, and then we, then we decide, well, we won't go to church this Sunday. And then that opens the door for an option. But let me tell you, when you decide me and my house will serve the Lord, there is no other option. We either serve the Lord or we don't serve the Lord. There is no in between. You know, God, he, will, he is always first. He's either first in our lives or he's not in our life. There is no in between. That's a great misconception of the church. Oh yeah, I go to, I go to church once in a while. No, what that means is that you ignore God most of the time. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. 
You know why he's jealous? Because he loves us so much. You know why he wants us to follow him so bad? Because he has all of these blessings he wants us to walk in. He has love and grace and mercy and peace and financial blessings and he has them all stored up for us and he's wanting to lead us to them. But if we won't follow him, if we won't serve him, we'll never get to where we want to be. We'll never have a full and, and a satisfying life inside. It's true. It's true. Scripture says, we choose. That's a choice that each and every one of us make. We choose. Joshua says that no matter what's going on around me, me and my family is going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what the school says. It doesn't matter what your friend says or the media says or even politicians say. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, is there anybody going to follow him with me? Is there? That, that's the question. That's the question. Of course, we know. You know, if, if, if you're leading and nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. Right? You're just out for a walk. So I hope that Orchardville Church will follow me and will serve the Lord with all of your heart with all of your strength and all of your might. I ask you to do that. That is the only way that you'll have the things in your life that you truly want. The only way. Believe it or not, the God of the universe put us here upon this earth. I talked to a person this week that they believed in the Big Bang Theory. Let me tell you, you're not on this earth by chance. And we serve a God that gave and left us, had given us so much evidence that it's undeniable. To the point that he says, God says in his word, if you seek me, you will find me. If you have questions, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to have questions. We should have questions. I had questions. But you know what? God has answers. It's a good thing. You know, many times, you know, if, if I'm talking with somebody and sharing with them, the last words I'll say to them, if you seek God, you'll find him. Seek God. If they're sincere, if they really want to know. Now, some people just want to argue. But if they really want to know, Lee Strobel uh, wrote the book, The Case for the, Case for the Cross. What, what else? He wrote several books. Investigative journalist for either the Chicago Tribune or Sun-Times or some big newspaper. He's an investigative journalist for a big newspaper in Chicago. And his wife got saved and she was all about the Lord. She got, you know, when she got saved, the Lord done a mighty work in her life. So he set out, because this was his job, this was what he done, was investigative journalism. So he set out to prove her wrong. 
He set out to prove Christianity wrong. So he literally, and you can get the book. It's just a paperback. Won't take you a few days to read it. Uh, So he set out and traveled all over the United States talking to experts. And he took his Bible with him and he says, well, what about this? And the expert would talk about it. And what about this? The expert would talk about it. And And he didn't go to Bible scholars. He went to scientists. He went to doctors, you know, and, and uh, the one that really hung him up were the scripture where Jesus was praying and he was praying so hard that great, that drops of blood come upon his body. And he talked to a doctor. He didn't talk to you, did he, Dr. Moat? No, he didn't talk to you. And he talked to a doctor and the doctor explained to him that that is a possible condition. When the human body is under extreme amount of stress and torment and pressure, the human body can actually sweat drops of blood. Man, you know what Jesus was doing when that happened? He was praying for us. He was praying for us. So God has given us so much evidence. And I challenge you today, if you're not sure about this God, I challenge you today to seek him. Find out what his word says. Look at history. You know, there is nothing more worthless than a 10-year-old history book. Unless it would be a 10-year-old science book. That would be even more worthless, wouldn't it? A 10-year-old science book. Because everything is disproven in there. But you know what? With the word of God, it's not in there. Those falsehoods, those things are not in there. In fact, in fact, for, you know, for years, I really wasn't planning on going this way this morning, but I want to share it anyway. For years, they thought that the world was flat. Didn't you? Didn't you think the world was flat? No, but for for hundreds of years, they did. But you know what? All along, the Bible said it wasn't flat. The Bible said it was a sphere. The Bible, Bible says it was round all along. The bubonic plague swept through Europe and killed two-thirds of Europe because they didn't know about germs and they had sick people sleeping with well people and it just went and went and went. But if they would have only have read the Bible because the Bible said hundreds of years ago, if you have one, someone sick, to quarantine them for seven days. And if they're still not well, you quarantine them for another seven days. See, the Bible knew all along. For hundreds of years, they thought there was, uh, it was 1,076 stars or 1,176 stars. That's what there was. If you read in a science book, right there, there's 1,176 stars. That's what there is. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you can't count them. There's more than you can count. There's no need to. Guess who's right? The Bible's right. One of the, I'm going to give you two more. I'm going to give you two more. One of the greatest ones is the prophecies that have come to pass. God instructed his prophets from the old hundreds and hundreds of years ago to write about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Even down to the detail that he would enter the village on a donkey. That was prophesied. 
It was prophesied that a star would appear. And and astronomers of the day, they seen that star. And that's why they started looking for the Messiah. Because, hey, there's a star that, that that the old prophets told us about. There's a star. It's leading to the Messiah. It was written about hundreds of years before it come about. Scripture also prophesies that Jesus would be hung between two thieves. Hundreds of years before he was put upon the cross between two thieves. Not only that, the hundreds of years prior to that, the prophets of God wrote that he'd be crucified on a cross. And this was even before the Romans had, had uh, created this type of crucifixion. God knew. God knew. I told you all of that. Hopefully, if you are the head of the household or if you are a father here today and you're not sure about this heavenly father's business and you're not sure about this stuff business, I'm here to tell you it's true. I'm here to tell you it is a real thing. I got another video I want to show you. But before I do, I want to give you just a little bit of a background. This is a video about Rick and Dick Holt. And Rick Holt, he was born in 1962. Uh, He was born with cerebral palsy. And they, the doctors told his parents to just put him in a, in a home because he's brain dead. Uh, he will always be a vegetable. There's nothing you can do for him. But his parents noticed that when they walked across the room, that Rick's eyes would follow them. So they had never given up on him. And with the technology and things... As he progressed with technology and stuff, they came out with a computer that that he could manipulate and he could ride on. And they realized that, hey, this, this is a smart kid. He just can't run and play and do what other kids can do. And if you can imagine, as parents, they were thrilled. They were thrilled about that. Well, there came a day, I believe he was 12 years old, and they was having a benefit for someone in their hometown. And it was a a 5K run. And the dad, Dick, he would practice running this 5K. And he planned on taking his son with him. How many want to sign up for that? Me neither. But he, so he had this wheelchair, and he'd put a bag of semen in it to, to, you know, to, to represent Rick's weight, and he would practice and train during the day while Rick was at school. And so they ran this race, and after this race, the young man, Rick, he wrote on his computer, Dad, when we were running, I felt like I was not disabled. And you can imagine what that done to this family. And that set them on a journey unlike any other that I know about. They went on to compete in 255 triathlons. 255. Now, if you don't know what that means, let me give you an idea. It means you swim 2.4 miles. You bike 112 miles. 
and you run 26.2 miles. Go ahead and play the video. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? Now, I'm not telling you this morning that you have to run a triathlon. No, not even one. And you don't have to swim and bike and do all that stuff. What I'm telling you this morning is God will lead you and he will empower you to be all that he's called you to be for those around you. And you can do it. He will supply the strength. He'll supply the power. He'll supply everything you need if we'll follow him. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you this morning. We just love you, Lord. We're so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful for your love for us, for your mercy and your grace. Father, I just pray, Father, for every, every father here, every head of the household here, that they'll look for you for strength. They'll look for you for wisdom. And they'll look for you for guidance. Father, I just pray right now that you'll strengthen each and every one of them. You'll touch each and every heart here, Father. And Father, if there's anyone here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, I ask that they may make a decision for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come ahead. If you have a need this morning, if you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, I ask you to please come. You know what God wants to do? God wants to take our lives. And he doesn't want to destroy it. He doesn't want to mess it up. What he wants to do, he wants to take our lives. Stand with me just for a moment. He wants to take our lives and he wants to make it better. He wants to lead us in a better direction. He wants to help us and give us wisdom so that we can make wiser decisions for the ones that we love. You know, if there's anything that Joshua knew, Joshua knew the responsibility that was laid upon him for the influences to make on his family. He knew that. He understood the implications and it wasn't all about him. He understood that his decisions affected all of his loved ones. If you have a need this morning, please come. We'll pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You can do this. We can do this. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.